Mike Smith with his third shutout of the season. The Edmonton Oilers take down the Winnipeg Jets 3-0 tonight. The goal scorers, Barry Pugliarvi and Chason. How about Mike Smith, though? 15-4-2 on the season. His save percentage goes up to 9-22. The Oilers' first game in a week, and they clearly had more energy than the Jets tonight. Edmonton record goes to 26-15-2. The Jets, with the loss, are now 27-15-3. Two minutes before 8. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. Well, Rob, the Oilers seemed eager to go after a week of practicing and a schedule adjustment along the way. They thought they were going to get back at it last night. That got changed, and they look good. Pretty all-around game tonight against Winnipeg. Yeah, they look very good uh, from top down to bottom. I, I don't think you can look at anyone and say that, oh, you know, I really didn't see much from him tonight. thought everyone brought what they needed to. Uh, it was a game that we, we discussed beforehand that, uh, you needed Smith to play as good as the guy across from him, and he did that and, and was better. You needed lines two, three, and four just to play even because they didn't have the depth, the offensive depth to to match what Winnipeg had, and they did that and, and were very good. And you needed your stars to be the better of the stars out there, and there was no question that that was the case. Is, uh, Dreisaitl and, and McDavid were very good in this game, and... The Winnipeg Stars a little bit quieter. So I understand that the Jets were a more tired team. We've seen that when the Oilers have gone through the same type of stretch. But you can only do and control what you can control. And the Oilers went out there and controlled their game. They did it right. They won races. They won battles. They got on the power play. Specialty teams was good. Uh, I There was a point in the game where you thought, you know what, I think one goal is going to be enough. Smith is locked in. And the Oilers are not giving up any scoring chances after the first 20 minutes. And that's the way it closed out. The Oilers were the better team from start to finish in just about every aspect of the game. And again, Mike Smith continues to be a big story. And you're going to hear from him as we move along tonight. But right now, courtesy Mattress Superstore, give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. Hi, right, Dave. Um, there was a lot of curiosity about uh, how your team would perform after the, the week off. Um, your assessment uh, as to how they did? I thought we played well. I thought we had people right through our lineup play well. Um, you know, I was I felt good about our group this morning. The last few days, we've had uh, we've had good energy. There's you know a real positive feeling around our group. Uh, they were anxious to play, which is a good sign. And um, you know, we got a chance to some some good practice time in and uh, work on our game a little bit. And I thought, you know, we came out tonight and, and we played a solid game. Uh, last Saturday being what it was, you, you mentioned that, you, you know, you, that's a game tape you probably want to burn and never see again. Is this the one, though, that is the opposite? You want to bookmark and, and show your players that this is how you need to play? Uh, down the stretch and into the playoffs? Well, there's some things I like the way we, you know, there's some things that we talked about during the week that uh, we went out and tried to execute. So that's that's a positive. You know, you're building your game all the time. And, uh, you know, you throw one game out. But in every game, there's certain things that, uh, certain things that you like about your group, things to build on, you know, the... That just uh, the habits you got to get into and in winning hockey and you know we we did a pretty good job of it tonight we we were we were fresh we had pretty good legs and uh, uh, our power play came through got us a couple of big goals but everybody in the lineup I thought contributed tonight and that's what we're looking for. Ryan Rashad, TSN. 
Dave, when you make the decision to play Drysaddle and McDavid together against this team, and, and you don't have Nugent Hopkins, um, you know you're putting a couple of guys in position down the middle to, you know, to have to come through for you. They're playing against pretty good players. Uh, how do you think, you know, the the depth part of your lineups and, and the other centers made out with that challenge? Obviously, good. I wouldn't I wouldn't put them there if I didn't think they could do the job. So they came out tonight and did a very good job. Mike Smith was just talking about maybe some of the differences in his, you know, whether it's preparation compared to when he was younger. Seems to be able to just put stuff behind him when it doesn't go well and be more in the moment. What are your observations about a more mature Mike Smith than back in the day? He's finally growing up. <laughs> I've had him since <laughs> had him since I was, was 20 years ago, I think, since I first had him. So. Uh, you know, he's he's just been really solid for us all year. I said it before, like he's he's 39 now, but he is one of the best athletes I've ever coached and pure athletes. And uh, he keeps himself in phenomenal shape. And he's really a driven guy this year. He's come back with really uh, wants to prove that he still belongs in this league and wants to excel in this league. And it's a, it's a really a credit to him that he puts so much work into his game because it's, uh, you know, you don't see guys, especially at that age, at some point they get a little tired of putting the work in. He loves putting the work in, and he's getting rewarded for it. Derek Van Dees, Post Media. Hi, Dave. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi hadn't scored a lot in the last 16 games. I think he had two goals. What, what was he doing well that you wanted to keep him up on that line? Four checks well. He's hard on the puck, creates a lot of pucks, loose pucks. His uh, his his work ethic is can you know is just he's relentless out there. It stays on pucks, and it's good to get him see him or get rewarded for his work. You know he's had some opportunities and hasn't gone in for him, so it's good to see him get rewarded tonight. Was there any any um, thought of, of of replacing him and get and moving him down the lineup, or were you confident that he would kind of bust out of this slump? Well, you're always looking to tinker things, but but he's been fine there. Thanks, Dave. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. So you've coached lots of teams and had lots of bye weeks and stuff. When you you know you get your team for three or four days and you can practice them and and really you know install some things and do a lot of coaching like you did this week. Uh, do they always come out and play as well as they played tonight and, and, you know, I guess execute what you've been showing them the last few days? Does it always go that way or is this rare? Yeah, you know, we didn't, it's not as if we did anything new this week. We just, we just kind of reviewed some stuff that has been in our game all along. And when you have a chance to review some of it, it's, it gets, uh, uh, you know, you kind of get refreshed with it. But uh, our guys, I give them credit. They worked hard all week. We we talked about this. We have 14 games left before tonight to uh, to earn a playoff spot and to make sure if we get that spot, we're playing well as we're going in. So there's some things that we really wanted to emphasize this week of, of how we want to play and, you know, the structure really of, of what we want to do. And, um, you know, I thought tonight was a good first step. We came out and we, we played a strong game. And, uh, you know, we found a way to get a win. Now we're going to see if we can build on that for the next game. Uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl on the Pugliarvi goal, they, they both worked the wall really, really well. They caused some turnovers. They held the puck along the wall. They they were taking punishment. They kind of looked like the Sedin brothers for a little bit of that shift. <laughs> and uh, finally, the puck comes loose to the right guy and you get a goal. Is that something that, that is that a show, show some maturity in their game? That they're able to, you know, play that kind of game too? 
I think I think they do that all the time, but the media and everybody focuses on the highlight goals that they get, but they do grind out some stuff. You know, they they're uh, they're willing to put the work in, and it's you know that's part of what we talked about this week. You have to recognize it's going to be hard. You know, winning in the playoffs is hard, or winning to get a playoff spot is hard, and there, there's not it's not going to be all pretty passes and 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 you know breakaways this you're going to have to work for your goals and our whole team's mindset was like that and and those guys are at the leader of that when they get opportunities when they check well and get opportunities with the puck they can create stuff and that's what happened tonight so that the line was solid all night and they uh, they checked them hard they they you know they were they had a hard matchup against them the first couple of periods but uh, they ended up finding a way to to capitalize and and it was a big goal for us Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Dave, the, the Haas-Cahoon-Yamamoto line created a lot, but they gave up virtually nothing. Uh, and they played most of their minutes against the Shifley line. You know, that's a line that has obviously hasn't played a lot together. Um, what did you like about them specifically head-to-head against Shifley's line tonight? They're smart. They're they're smart with the puck. They work. Haas is, a, Haas is a very intelligent player, a very intelligent player, always in the right spot. I thought that was Yamo's uh, best game in a while, really played well on the wall and stuff. So they're just a smart line. They, they make enough plays where they have the puck enough where it makes the other team chase a little bit, and they're they're smart defensively, so it was uh, it was a solid night for them. You've been on the other end, Dave, when you're playing your, your third game in four nights, as the Jets were. I know this year's more condensed. As a coach, do you notice that more, uh, whether you're either the team playing third and four or you're playing against teams who are playing their third game in four nights? Is it is it more noticeable, the fatigue factor this year? I don't know if it's no more normal. That's, that's a hard turnaround any time, any year, so it's... Uh, I think there's been more of the four on uh, three and fours and four and sixes this year than a normal year. So, but I know you know within a normal year, there's everybody talks about back to backs, but three and fours are uh, three and fours are a concern for a coach. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Dave, uh, that to me looks like the best game Joachim Nygaard has played this season. Did you think that? Yeah, he was solid. We're looking for. He's he's a good four checker. He's got speed. Uh, we're we're that's one of the parts of our game. I think we have to try to improve as our four check, and so we uh, we gave him an opportunity. He hasn't had much opportunity this year just because we've had extra guys around. But we were going to give him the opportunity to step in, and he went in and he was very solid. Drew a penalty. He used his speed, but that line was very good. Shore was solid in the middle, and Cassian, that's the best game he's played in a while. So I like the line, and, and Nygaard certainly did his, did his part on it. Thank you. Thank you. If there are no more questions, this includes tonight's media availability. Okay, there is Oilers head coach Dave Tippett after a 3-0 shutout win over the Winnipeg Jets. The Oilers' power play today goes 2-for-6. One power play was only seven seconds long. The other one was 17 seconds long at the end of the game. So really two for four on the power play tonight. That was important for the Oilers. Connor McDavid with a couple of assists. He gets to 71 points on the season. Tyson Berry had a goal and an assist. Leon Dreisaitl with two helpers tonight. And Rob, the adjustment of the game, courtesy Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. Tip talked about it at the end there. The insertion of Joachim Nygaard into the lineup played eight minutes and 44 seconds, drew a penalty. 
Yeah, he played well. And when you're a guy that's only played, what is that, five, six, whatever he's played on the season, number of games, you have to play desperate because uh, it's not hard to see where you are in the depth chart as a winger. You're very low down. And I know that Bob talked after the game, about there's guys in the minors that are uh, we haven't even seen this year that are itching to get a chance to play in the playoffs. So Nygaard had to come in and play with a little desperation in his game, and, and he did. And it's sometimes hard. I've been on teams where I've played, you know, 24 minutes, 30 minutes in a night in the minors. And I've also been on teams where you, you sit for long periods of time. And I think they said Nygaard played around eight minutes tonight. There's a lot of shifts where you have a long time between where your legs, if you're a skater, your legs start to seize up. Yet when you get that 30 or 40 seconds, you got to be able to jump out there and look like you've been playing all night long. So uh, a credit to him for being prepared, a credit for him for being focused in this game to to make a difference. And it shows you as we go forward down the stretch here and then into the playoffs, guys that make a difference aren't the guys just playing 23 minutes a night. You, you might get five, six shifts in a game, but one of those shifts may help change the tide in a hockey game. And tonight it did for Nygaard. I, I, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm guessing he would be near the bottom in ice time today in the hockey game. Yet him drawing that penalty may have been the, the turning point in this game. So you've got to be prepared for that. You've got to accept that. And if you do, you'll find a way into the lineup more, nine, more times than not. He actually did play the least out of any oiler. And second least in the game, Harkins for Winnipeg just played 6.58. Yeah, pretty good all-around game for the Oilers. And, and the second period, they they really got, well, really even the, probably the last 12 minutes of the first period, they really got it going. But they own the second period. Shots were 12-4. But even, even then, Rob, Smith still came up. And I know I'm beating the Mike Smith drum tonight, but even... Even in that second period that was controlled by the Oilers, he had to stop a breakaway when it was one nothing late in the period. And when you're a tired team, and the Jets were, you the fatigue hits you more when you're looking at a scoreboard and you're trailing. It just seems it, it just seems harder. Had Shifley scored and made it one one, it would have energized the team. All of a sudden, you would have had a little bit more jump in your game, and you wouldn't have felt as tired. So that save right there. Uh, was huge momentum swing for the Oilers. And it, and I believe, if I remember correctly, that was right after the Oilers missed this two-on-one shorthanded. So they went from a great opportunity to go extend the lead to make it 2 nothing, to it could have been 1-1. Jets feel good about themselves. Oh, my, we just dodged a bullet. Now we're tied in this game. Let's get it going, guys. We can win this hockey game. So Mike Smith wasn't tested dangerously a lot, but I don't think at any point tonight did you think well, one's going to slip by him. It, he, it was one of those ones where we've seen him in the past that when he's on his game, he just looks so in control. And you feel, okay, well, this is going to be, doesn't matter how many goals the Oilers score tonight, they're not giving up any. And Mike Smith was that good tonight. Okay, so the Oilers take it 3 nothing. Whenever they score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. Japanese Village Restaurants now offering takeout. Complete details at JV Edmonton. .ca. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That's the number to call or text. And we have Colton, the gentleman who named a calf after me a few weeks ago. First of all, Colton, I hope the calf is doing well, and I hope you're doing well. What's on your mind? Yeah, he's doing great. I haven't seen him in a while, so I'm stuck at work. The last I've seen him, he was growing, he's strong, he's running, he's crazy. 
But, uh, Good. Anyway, yeah, anyways, not about this game. I'm thinking about the games in, I think, middle of May when we're going to be facing the Winnipeg Jets in the playoffs because I'd almost bet the farm that we're going to be playing them. There's two things that scare me going into that series. I think it'll be a long series, six, seven-game series. The two things that scare me is Hellbuck and the size of the Winnipeg Jets because I think the Oilers are a little bit too small, and I think they're going to get pushed around come playoffs, especially you have guys like Pierre-Luc Dubois. I've watched him play in Columbus, and he's a force in the playoffs. He's hitting, he's scoring. like He's, he's a playoff performer, and I just wanted to... Uh, your guys' thoughts on that? Thanks. Well, I think both both relative concern. I mean, that series, assuming it does turn out to be the series, it it could come down to which goaltender is is slightly better over six or seven games. Oh, I agree, and, and usually it does. And I think it, it, at season's beginning, you would. I, I I know Winnipeg fans, fans around the the league, and I'm sure majority of Edmonton fans would have given the Winnipeg Jets a huge advantage in net. If we would have said, you know, January 10th, okay, it's going to be the Jets and the Oilers in the first round, people are, ooh, that's going to be a tough one for those. they got to play the Vezina Trophy winner. And, and I mean, we got Smith and Koskinen. And, I mean, we don't even know which one's going to be our starter. But I think now that we've seen the teams play 34, 38 games wherever we're at right now, Mike Smith, it's not a flash in the pan. It's not just a streak right now. It seems it's the norm. I think each and every time he plays, it you, your expectation of him is almost perfection because that's what he's given you almost every night. So I think when they play against each other, I think right now the Jets are thinking the same thing. We've got to play against Mike Smith. And the one, if they both stop the puck as well as they've been stopping it, and Hellenbeck was fantastic in tonight's game as well, the other advantage the Oilers actually have is the way that Smith plays the puck. And that is, uh, people don't understand how important that is to the Edmonton Oilers. It is huge. It changes the way the other team plays against you. When you got a Mike Smith, it doesn't allow pucks get dumped in and, and gets you out of trouble very, very quickly. And it takes away some of the advantage that Winnipeg has physically. Because if you're big and strong and you want to pound, but every time you dump the puck and the puck's already coming back out over your head or it's being moved past you because the goaltender is not giving you a forecheck, there's one of your advantages gone. And the one thing I see on the back end of Winnipeg, I, I don't know if I would have said this about many teams at the beginning of the year either, the Oilers have a stronger defense. Their back end, their six defensemen, is stronger than the Winnipeg Jets' six defensemen. And that plays into the Oilers' hands because when you have Connor and you have Leon and they can't roll out six quality defensemen, then they're playing shorthanded. And the Jets can't. They got two guys on the back end that struggle with speed. And we saw that again tonight. Forbert and uh, is it Stanley? Big, strong, physical guys, but prone to turnovers and tro- uh, prone to getting beat simply because their feet aren't as quick. And this is a much quicker game now than it was five, seven, ten years ago. So, uh, yes, Winnipeg does have some advantages in the size category but I think some of those are mitigated simply because some of their size can't skate well and some of their size is taken away with Mike Smith being able to move the puck and get the others out of trouble defensively 
3-0 win for the Oilers tonight. Our hotline is presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. We have Prish standing by, who's also going to finish the play. Go ahead. Hey, guys. Love listening to you guys' show. Hey, Rob. Uh, you guys are, you, you are awesome. Just wanted to well, know thank you. Uh, what you guys think uh, about Nugent Hopkins uh, and his, uh, his new contract. And the Oilers did very good today. And I just wanted to think about Kulikov and Bouchard playing together and how they would be. And my dad, he's a big-time Oilers fan, and he loves listening to you guys' show, and he thinks the Oilers are going to make it to the Stanley Cup Finals, and I just want you guys' thoughts to that. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> okay. Ooh, man, a lot there. Uh, I, well, I don't think Kulikov and Bouchard are going to play together, first of all. Uh, what about Nugent Hopkins' contract, Rob? I mean, if, if he's getting a raise, I don't think it'll be a big one. No, and I, I think that's something that he'll sit down with his agent and they'll gauge what's available on the open market and what he's worth and and then whether or not he takes whatever the Oilers offer. I mean, to me, he's an important part to the Edmonton Oilers because he plays in everything. He plays five on five in the top six. He plays power play, he plays penalty kill. Uh, he, he's in a very important part of this team. You only have so much money to be able to, to give out. So that's got to be in a factor whether he wants, he pro maybe he gets more on the open market. But do you want to go somewhere else when the Oilers are a team on the rise? And if you stay here, you are playing either with Connor or Leon, most likely. And you're going to be on a power play that's always going to be in the top three in the National Hockey League. So I think they get it done. I think Nugent Hopkins likes it here. And when you are a team uh, in, in Edmonton or a Winnipeg, or possibly even Calgary, if you've got a player that likes playing where you are, if he wants to be part of that, you want to do everything possible to keep that player here. So I do believe Ryan Nugent Hopkins will sign here. Okay, Prish, you're going to finish the play. Just for being a participant, you get a $50 sawmill gift card, and we hope as well that your name's going to go into the grand prize draw. Angie, what have you cooked up for a clue tonight? Oh, a steal on Stanley. Breakaway chase on. Backhander. Well, Alex Chason did score tonight, but did he score on that breakaway in the first period, Prish? Yes or no? No, he did not score in that first uh, period. Oh, a steal on Stanley. Breakaway, Chason. Backhander. Save made by Connor Hellebuck. There it is. <laughs> Prish's name is going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. Courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. It was around that time, Rob, when the territorial advantage started to swing in favor of the Edmonton Oilers. Cahoon made a really nice pass to San Yamamoto in alone, and then it was just a, a blatant giveaway by the Jets that gave Chase on his breakaway. Yeah, that was a nice pass by Cahoon because he had to get the puck between two jet sticks and landed it perfect for Yamamoto who uh, made a nice move just wasn't able to elevate the puck and then Chase saw yeah again I think that was Forbert that made that giveaway and it was just atrocious and that's one of the defensemen I think that uh, puts the Jets in a bit of a disadvantage I forgot they do have I think it's Jordy Ben that's coming in and mm -hmm. I do believe that will make them a little bit better in their bottom pairing but I uh, know that was a, a great sequence for the Oilers and that's one of those ones too that you're Oh, you know what? I, I hope that doesn't come back and bite them because they had two golden opportunities that they weren't able to capitalize on. Having said that, uh, the Stars, when they got their chances tonight, they were able to create the offensive plays that created the goals and the power play did what it was supposed to do and got them a, 
a huge two points. Okay, so the Oilers' record on the season now 26-15-2. Updating the uh, North Division standings here. I'm going to give the points percentage. Toronto, 682. Winnipeg, 633. Edmonton, 628.005 of a percent. Well, I don't even know how to say it. They're .005 behind. Uh, So the Oilers, three points behind the Jets with two games in hand. And Montreal now down to a 560 points percentage, but still pretty comfortably ahead of Calgary at 466 and Vancouver at 473. Let's uh, do we have do we have uh, Sir Robert on the line, Angie, on the Certainty Hotline? Oh, we do. Sir Robert's uh, hanging around tonight. Hey, buddy, go ahead. Hey guys, how you doing tonight? Good. Well, uh, well, you know, I have. Uh, I want to start with a. I want to start with a thought tonight on on Mike Smith. I mean, like you know, I mean, like after that that game, uh, the. Uh, after the game last week in Calgary, I mean, like Smith, uh, Smith let in a couple tough ones. No, I mean, the, but I mean, the whole team was off for a number of reasons. But I mean, I thought tonight, like Smith, he was just, it was almost like, it, it was almost like you knew as the game, like, like as the game went on, it was almost like you knew, okay, like Smith tonight is locked in and there is, there, there is no chance that Winnipeg is getting one by him. I don't know if you guys uh, uh, are thinking the same as I am there. I guess with the power play again, again, and it's something, it's something, uh, something, uh, something that you guys talk or that you guys talk about a lot. I guess it's the thing that like our power play seems to find its ways, finds ways to uh, to win as games more than they don't. So I think I mean, so I mean, like I think. Honestly, like we're not, are we? Is this, I'm not going to say that because of our power play, we're suddenly a Stanley Cup contender because we're not. We need, we need, we need a, we need another forward in our top six. I think we need to shore up the shore up the back end a little bit. And uh, yeah, but I guess uh, I guess then I'll uh, I'll close with this. Uh, what's the uh, what's power play percentage now after it was two for six, but technically two for four, whatever you want to call it. Well, yeah, it's going to be. Thanks, Robert. It's nice to hear from you. I'll quickly do some math. Thankfully, I have a old Underwood calculator. I don't know. Underwood made the typewriters, Rob. Who made the Who made the old calculators that actually printed out with the paper coming out? I I honestly don't know. I sat inside a smart girl who helped me with my homework, so I don't know about. And now she's your wife. <laughs> oh god my wife wouldn't help me she would sit at the opposite end just so i couldn't cheat off her so uh, they're 20 the 27 percent power plays up to 27 percent. and what were they last year 29 because we had the 29 and a half was i was i was the one guy i was one guy that said they're going to do the same or better they'll they have yeah, a chance and we had one caller that was adamant this year that they would not be close they said last no he, aberration. he said that there that was not truly their power play percentage because no, they gave up 10 said, shorthanded goals no, but he also said that the numbers, because of the way that James Neal scored, that he wasn't a career scorer at that level, that they would not come close to reaching the same percentage because that there, the numbers show that that was a, an outlier, I think, was the word he kept using. To me, I'm like, well, I think they're going to have a better power play just because they have Barry. And well, and what a transformation. But oh, How good has he become? Well, and here's the thing. What did we talk about the first dozen games of the season? He's got to shoot. He's got to shoot. Both power play goals tonight is because he's just banging away from the blue line. 
And we keep saying what it does, and I know that I'm pretty sure they talked about that on the, the telecast and on TV. When you bring the forwards up high to try and get in the way of a berry shot, now that opens up the cross-ice pass. And if you're trying to take away the cross-ice pass from Leon to Connor or vice versa, well, that leaves Barry wide open at the top. And uh, not a lot of players in the National Hockey League can score from the blue line with a bomb, but Barry is one of them. So, And the other thing is, too, it, it scares players. It hurts when Barry takes a shot and you block it. It hurts. And all of a sudden, the next time you go out have to block it, maybe you're about three inches out of the shooting lane. Uh, looking like you're blocking it, but oh, it just snuck by me. Uh, Barry, it, it, he, that the power play for the Oilers when they were successful a couple of years back, their power play always scored a big goal at a big moment, and we're seeing that again this year. Okay, let's check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi trailers? Head to Edmonton Trailer. Dot com Senators over the Canadians 4-0. Coyotes beat the Blues 3-2. Penguins knock off the Sabres 3-2. Capitals dump the Flyers 6-3. Rangers take down the Devils 6-3. Late in the third, Dallas up 5-1 on the Blue Jackets. Also late in the third, Wild lead the Sharks 5-1. Marlowe ties how most games in NHL history. Blackhawks shut out the Red Wings 4-0. Panthers beat the Lightning 5-3. Hurricanes defeat the Predators 3-1, and right here on 6.30, Ched, the Oilers shut out the Jets 3-0. The Oil Kings are in a 4-4 tie with Lethbridge with four and a half minutes to go in the second period. Oilers farm team plays later on tonight against San Diego, and the Blue Jays a doubleheader against the Royals. They got a 5-1 win and then a 3-2 loss. Okay, Eric is up next on the phone lines. You're going to hear from both Mike Smith and Connor McDavid. Edmonton wins it 3-1. Morrissey, Stasty, and now Connor coming off the right app boards. But Russell hasn't left his post. Archibald will challenge. Connor snapshot deflected. Save made by Mike Smith. Mike Smith with 26 stops. He gets a shutout. The Oilers beat the Jets 3-0. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. We got a text here from Rob who says, what's Smith going to cost the Oilers next year? I'm thinking he has two to three years left in the tank. Well, that's, I wonder, I mean, Holland is not afraid to re-sign him. I don't know if they can afford to give him a ton of money, but he's not showing any signs of slowing down here. Rob also has a question for you, Rob. Mm-hmm. Talk to the people who don't know what smelling salts are used by the players. What do they actually <laughs> smell like? They make your eyes water. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if I could ever explain what it, 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 it like burns your eyeballs. Like, you, you don't even have to start sniffing it before it's your eyes water and it just feels like it burns up there and you have to shake your head and, and it certainly gets your attention. I had guys that used to have them in their gloves uh, during the national anthem and as soon as the national anthem was done, they'd pull them out of the back of their gloves and they'd start sniffing it. I never took any personally, but there'd be certain players that you know, whenever... Most hockey players usually sit in the same spot to start every game, so usually sitting beside the same person. Play with a guy in the minors named Steve Malte that always did it before every game, so you'd be turned away, and then he'd shove it in front of your nose too just to try to wake you up and make your eyes water. But it's it's incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful, and that's why you see when boxers and that get knocked out, that's what they're putting in front because it, it wakes you up from a deep slumber. The, it, it does. It's not something that I would... Uh, suggest or recommend to anybody but if you really want to 
you know, if, if, if your, 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 your other half is bugging you and she's asleep, I'm not saying it's what you should do to wake her up, but it's possible. <laughs> she won't be happy. She won't be happy. I can tell you from experience, she won't. Three goals for the Oilers tonight. That means a $300 donation to 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates Serious Injury Lawyers. They're given 100 bucks for every Oilers goal this season. The total now up to $13,700. Awesome stuff from James H. Brown. Okay, we have Eric on the Certainteed Hotline. Hey, Eric, go ahead. Hi, guys. How are you this evening? Good. Uh, I don't know if I can uh, top that smelling salts uh, story, so <laughs> I'll try my best to, you know, top that and see how it goes. Uh, a couple of things. I thought the team played fantastic tonight, uh, one of their best games of the season. Uh, but I wanted to circle back to an earlier uh, caller who was talking about Ryan Nugent Hopkins and free agency. And I'd love to get both your guys' opinions on when it comes to free agents for the Oilers, both with pending free agents on their team and uh, soon-to-be free agents on other teams. What's kind of the pitch or sell for getting players to want to come to Edmonton as opposed to, let's say, other markets or bigger markets like your New York's, Los Angeles's, or even Vancouver? Uh, great fan of the show and uh, looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say. Well, right um, now the pitch is if it's a, a top-six winger, it's look who your center is going to be. I think that's pitch number one. It, it depends on who the player is and what their role is. Um, certain players, if you're a goal scorer, you pitch the fact that, hey, we need someone to play with either Leon or Connor. And that that's an easy sell because you're going to be playing with one of the last two scoring champions and one of the last two MVPs in the National Hockey League. If it's a, a power play guy, when they went after Barry, they said, hey, you get to be part of a power play that is going to be you know, it, it was the best in the league last year, and you got a chance to be part of that and maybe make it better and have a big season. Uh, there's, there, you, you sell the fact that it's a team that's be, we that we believe is an up and coming team. It's a team that's going to challenge for the next number of years because they got two superstars and they got these young players coming in. You'll push the 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 arena, the amenities. You push the fact that this is a, a hockey mad city. If you want to be immersed in hockey and, and treated like a god. This is where you want to go, and then they'll they'll have things they'll they'll throw, you know, places to live and and how you're treated by by fans. Th all those things they do. I mean, it's you have to sell Edmonton more so than you would have to sell New York or L.A. Those ones are easy to sell. You just get off a plane in L.A. and it's you know it's 85 degrees and you're by the ocean and and they they take the long route to the rink and you drive right by the beach. It's an easy sell there. Edmonton, you got to be a little more creative. Um, I there's a lot of players that will not come to Edmonton. It does not matter what you throw out at them. They won't come. I myself would have loved to have had the chance to play here. I'm from here. I know what it's all about, but uh, that's one of the reasons that, that the Oilers really have to draft well and, and keep players in the mix because they do not have an advantage. Even with Connor, even with Leon, even with the arena, they do not get all the players they want because some players still won't come to Edmonton. Yeah, well, no team gets all the players they do. I, I do think it's, well, we know it's it's a myth that no free agent will ever sign here because plenty of free agents have signed here over the years. And let's not forget the summer Milan Lucic signed here, and I know it ultimately didn't work out. He was one of the biggest free agents on the market that summer, and mm -hmm. he signed here. And Tyson Berry said, 
that as soon as his season ended with the Leafs, he was thinking about the Oilers. And that was before free agency even started and you were allowed to talk to anybody. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm just saying it's a myth when we get the negative Nellies who are just like everything sucks about the team in in the city. That's that's a myth. It's not a myth because there are a lot of players that won't. There's a lot of players that won't trade. That won't no, it's a myth that nobody will come here. No, okay, nobody. That's what I'm no. saying. But there is a there's a large group that won't come here and won't. Oh, sure. In the, when they have, they have no trade. Well, some, some players won't simply won't play in Canada because of the taxes. True. That's true also. Absolutely. And and, and Edmonton is, uh, it does help when you have a winning team. I mean, and, and it it's silly to me because I've lived here and retired here. And I know this. I know the strengths of being here, and I know the, I know the the, the downfalls of living here. But I've also been to uh, the Detroit's. I've been to the Hartfords back when Hartford was in the league. Uh, Carolina, like there's there's some other really bad cities in the in the league that players still. I'm like, how does someone pick Detroit over Edmonton? I never understood that. Yeah, players still do that. Well, they won. (laughs) Well, they won. (laughs) They were the best franchise for 15 years. Yeah, but the uh, true, absolutely. But there's still, if the Oilers start winning, it's still going to be harder to get than going to like Detroit. Used to scare me, that city. But (laughs) um, but then again, it's just yeah. I mean, it's it's comes down to the individual player. And I mean, you can look at Montreal. I mean, there have been French Canadian players who have said, absolutely, I grew up cheering for the Habs. Now I'm going to be one. And there have been others who have said. Yeah, I know what it's like if you have a bad game or two. I'm not yep, subjecting and, myself to that. I'm going to go to a quiet market. It depends on the guy. It's true. That's the same in Edmonton. It, it, sure. Edmonton, uh, to me, of all the cities, Edmonton and Montreal would probably be the two most pressure-packed cities to play in. Well, For Toronto me. would be up there. I, I don't I don't know. I From what from what I've heard from players and stuff like that, to me, Edmonton's harder. It, it, it just seems, from what I've talked to people, Edmonton's still a harder market. When things are going well, it's great. But when things aren't, it's harder than in Toronto when things aren't. Montreal might be the top, though, for, for the hardest one to play when things aren't going well. Uh, and Edmonton would be second. Well, things went well for the Oilers tonight. A 3 nothing win. They were backstopped by this guy, Mike Smith. We started, we were, we were okay in the first, did, did some good things, had some, actually had some chances, and then we just kind of built the game uh, second and third, just got better and better, got our legs underneath us, and uh, did some really good things tonight, really good things. A lot of things that we've been talking about the last few days in practice uh, carried over into the game, and um, I mean, credit to the group. We, we, uh, we've had a little bit of a layoff here. Um, that's never easy to come into a game like that, um, especially when a team's been kind of humming around here, so... Um, you know, real impressed with how we hound ourselves tonight. The kind of the defensive effort in front of you tonight, I imagine that's that makes tonight's effort a little little easier for you. What did you like about the, the, the group, you know, in front of you, especially in your, in your own zone? Yeah, very connected. Very connected. I think we've been talking about that. I don't mean to beat a dead horse here, but uh, we've been talking about a lot of these things this, this last week, and um, it's nice when it, you know, it gets talked about and then you practice it and then it carries over into the game. It shows, you know, what we're building here is 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 something worth noting and, and you know, guys have really grasped onto, you know, playing important hockey games and that's what it's gonna take to, to win the playoffs. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Three nothing with the goalie pulled. Is that prime Mike Smith take a shot at a goal territory? Yep. 
<laughs> That's it. It's right there. <laughs> so you, you touched on, on Tippett and the coaching and what you did last week. You've been on a lot of teams and you've probably been in a lot of situations where coaches get some practice days and they drill down and they try to make a point right and they teach you this, you know, work the system, all that stuff. I don't know if it always comes out like that, but when all that process happens and then you come out and play this, you know, I'm not saying a perfect game, but a really, really well-rounded game does that make everyone just believe that okay you know we got this thing works right this this system this coach this roster it's working yeah for sure and let's let's make one thing clear i don't think there's such a thing as a perfect game spec so um you want to limit the mistakes that end up costing you you know points and i think tonight we did so many good things that it made up for the little mistakes that we might have made and and the ones that we did made they were, you know, they were covered up by, you know, help from other players in the, on the ice. And that's that's one thing that we've, you know, been talking about is, is trying to build a playoff, trying to build a playoff more style of a game that's going to withstand, you know, getting into the, the deep rounds and when it really matters. So I think it's it's just uh, we want to build that. It's, it's not something that you just flick on and off. It's something that is built. And... Uh, um, you know, the, the, the team put in a tremendous amount of work this week. Uh, we had three real hard practices and, and it was nice to, to get rewarded for that hard work into a game like that where, you know, that's a, that's a good hockey team. That's a good hockey team. And, and I thought we played, played real solid to, to earn those two points. Derek Rendiz, Post Media. <clears throat> Hey Mike, uh, congrats on the shutout. Um, just want to ask you, you, that, you, you're right, the Jets are a good hockey team and you guys are 5-2 and two against them this year. What is it about them that brings out the best in you guys? They're just a team you can't, you can't have an off night with. You know, they, they have four lines that they can roll. Uh, you know, they're a big squad that comes at you. Um, their top two lines are, you know, highly skilled. Uh, can, you know, can score if you, you give them room. So I think... Uh, you know, you look at their roster, and it's it's uh, it's a team that you just you can't afford to have an off night. And I think that's that's been something that you know we've talked about through the course of the season against the squad. And we know it's going to be a close game. You know, it's it's always been a close game against the Jets, and that's the way it's going to be down the stretch here. So, what better way to prepare for the real games and to, to play you know good teams like that? Saying that, how important is it to maybe try and surpass them in the standings so if you do meet them, you will have the home ice advantage? Yeah, obviously you want to finish, you know, as high in the standings as you can. Um, more importantly, we're just, we're building something here. We're, we're building for a, something bigger than a regular season win. So um, are these wins nice and important? Obviously, yeah, they're huge. Um but this team, we've talked about it all season long. We're, we're building, you know, for the most important games, and that's the playoff hockey games. And, uh, you know, I've, I've mentioned it many times. It's not a switch you flick on and off. It's, it's something that you, you earn and you build throughout the course of the season. This team's doing that right now, and we want to focus on continuing to do that, you know, for the rest of the season leading into the, the playoffs. Jason Greger, TSN 1260. Uh, Mike, earlier today you mentioned how you know you're, you're more structured in your preparation as you've gotten you're older. You have a routine, and that you didn't think the week off would bother you at all, and, and clearly it didn't. When you compare that to a younger Mike Smith, is that more of like a mental uh, routine, or is it all physical for you just to get yourself ready? 
it's both, but it's uh, it's a lot mental. It's a lot mental. It's uh, you know, it's kind of staying in the moment and not getting too far ahead, not worrying about what's already been done is is gone and over with. So it's really about staying as composed as possible. Um, you know, worrying about things I can control and uh, making sure I'm doing the right things in practice and off the ice to give myself the best chance to play well. And I think it's just been an, an ongoing thing that I've I've done throughout the course of my career. But this year in general, I've really dialed that in and, and uh, really made a note to making a real important part of my uh, my preparation this year. You know, I have, my family's not in town, so I have no excuse that there's there's distractions at home. So obviously I'm missing them, but um, I have one one thing on my mind right now. That is Mike Smith, the shutout, third of the year. Oilers beat the Jets 3-0. Yamamoto helps him regain on the left half boards. Gets it back from Barry. Barry high slot. Dry subtle right circle. Chase on the net front presence. One-timer score. Chase on that one, I believe, did tick off Alex Chase on. Oh, it sure did, Jack Michaels. That one really put it away for the Oilers tonight. A power play goal at 12.57 of the third. Chase on's seventh of the year. Barry got his sixth in the second period. And Yessi Pugliarvi got his tenth of the year earlier in the third. Edmonton beating Winnipeg 3-0 tonight. Rob Patrick Marlowe has now played more games than anybody else in the NHL except one guy. He ties Gordie Howe tonight. He's going to pass him on Monday. And you you have uh, – did you not meet or have some experiences with Gordie Howe along the way in your life? I got to spend a lot of time actually with Gordie Howe. When I was with the Hartford Whalers, he was our ambassador and he used to come on the ice all the time with us. It was pretty cool. He, I remember once he took me in the corner and he goes, Brownie, come here. Come here, I'm going to show you something. When, when you're in the corner, when a guy's behind you and you're bent over, just throw an elbow up as hard as you can. Hit him right in the nose. His eyes water and you can skate away. And I'm laughing. I'm like, yeah, that works for you, Gordie, because you're tough and you could beat the guy up. I said, I do that once. I'm not going to survive the game. But my favorite Gordie Howe story, uh, his son marty was my assistant coach in chicago in the minors and gordy was always around and we were playing in the playoffs one year in grand rapids and gordy walked into our dressing room before the game and i sat beside this little kid named simone gamache he was a canadian junior player of the year he's a great star out of the quebec hockey league and it was his rookie year and gordy howe walks in and he's got this little lap dog at the end for, the last few years I saw him, he always had this lap dog that he would carry everywhere with him to restaurants, to hockey games. This looked kind of funny. There's a big, tough Gordie Howe carrying a little lap dog. But he's walking in with this dog, and he's, we're about five minutes before the playoff game starts. He's walking through the dressing rooms, talking to people. He's letting players pet his dog. And this Simone Gamache looks at me, and he's like, Brownie, who does this guy think he is? It's a playoff game. He come in my dressing room before game. Kick this old guy out. Get old guy out of my dressing room. Who do you think he is? And Gordy Howe walked over and he looked up and saw the name tag and goes, Hi, Simone. My name is Gordy Howe. How are you? Oh, hello, Mr. Howe. You are my favorite. I was just telling Robbie how much I like you. <laughs> oh, I was killing myself laughing. He had no idea that that was Gordy Howe, one of the greatest ever to play. But yeah, so I got to spend time with Gordy. He was a really, really nice man. Well, I'll tell you what. In honor of the milestone, we will make Patrick Marlowe and Gordie Howe our co-fourth stars tonight. Oh, for Mr. Man. Mike's Steakhouse Casual, order your game day meal for takeout or delivery. Check out the, men, uh, the menu at Mr. Mike's 
dot ca the three stars barry smith and chase on in that order mcdavid i mean the pass to pulley and good for pulley to be right in the right place to finish it but what a pass i think he had like one he one-handed it in front he did and smart play by pulley he found himself a quiet spot a terrible play by kyle connors I, I i love him as a hockey player but that was just horrible defensive coverage and that's what mcdavid does with his ability to beat guys one-on-one you always feel that you have to cheat away from your player your check and help out whoever's covering him and that's what kyle connors did he uh, there was a defenseman on mcdavid connors leaves his man thinking he's got to help out and that's what connor mcdavid's waiting for mcdavid's all right I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm going to draw you. As soon as you leave the guy, I'm going to find him. And, Mc, and McDavid never misses a pass. He puts it right on the stick. And Pugliarvi, who's been snake-bitten, hasn't been the offensive force that he had been for that little stretch, gets a very important goal for himself and a very important goal for the team. So that was a great play all around, a, a very good shift by the Oilers. It created a great scoring chance. All right, 780-496-0063. We have Rocket on the line. Go ahead, Rocket. Okay, so now that we won this game after all these days off, <clears throat> we're back in this race for a first in the North. And I've, I've been looking at the schedule intently tonight. And uh, from what I see, it favors the Oilers. Um, the records that Toronto and Winnipeg have had against, well, Winnipeg against us, we're five and two now, right? So we play them a couple more times. But more importantly, I think who who decides all of this are all the games that we have against Montreal and Toronto has against Montreal. We have four games each against the Canadians. And I think that could decide. Like, we don't play Toronto anymore. Ottawa plays Toronto once more. They're a dangerous team. Like, I just think the schedule for the Oilers to catch up and be first in the North is right there. It's funny you say that, though, but the Oilers want to be first. They have a better record, don't they, against Winnipeg than they do against Montreal? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, to me, I, I don't care where the Oilers finish. And I said this at the very beginning of the season, just get in the playoffs. Because once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. I prefer, if I'm a team and, and you're close with somebody else, I prefer starting on the road instead of having the home team home ice advantage. Simply because, well, without fans, there's no real home ice. All the pressure's on the team that hosts the first two games to win both of those, if not one. I'd rather start on the road. I think the the Oilers fit better against the Jets than they do against the Montreal Canadiens. I think the Jets' defense isn't good enough right now. I think they didn't get enough at the trade deadline that the Oilers' uh, top players can have a bit more room than they would against the Montreal Canadiens. But I still think that the Oilers are going to play the Jets and the Leafs in their two series, and they're going to have to beat them both if they want to move to the Final Four. And... I, I, some caller called earlier and said that the Oilers are not a Stanley Cup contending team. I disagree with that right now. I think that they have as good a chance as anyone in this division to come out. And then you're in the final four. And when you're in the final four, it doesn't it, anybody has a chance to win the Stanley Cup at that point because attrition comes in, how, how healthy your team is, who's playing well on your team, goaltending bounces. 
So I think anyone in this division has a chance to come out. Therefore, I do believe the Oilers have a Stanley Cup chance coming out of this division. All right. Good showing by the Oilers tonight. They win it 3-0. Round the boards, McDavid, left corner, tries to beat Pullman. Behind the net for Drysaddle, from the right corner, looks, kicks it back to McDavid. Again, against Pullman inside, one-timer score! Yes, Apuliyarvi! Yes, Apuliyarvi gets his 10th of the season tonight. The Oilers beat the Jets 3-0. I also want to keep you updated on the game at the downtown community arena. The Edmonton Oil Kings trailing Lethbridge 5-4 with about 12 minutes left in the third period. Updating NHL action. There were a couple of games still on the ice earlier. Now everything is final. The Senators beat the Canadians 4-0. Arizona over the Blues 3-2. Penguins knock off the Sabres 3-2. Capitals down the Flyers 6-3. Stars take down the Blue Jackets 5-1. Rangers double the Devils 6-3. Mini over San Jose 5-2. Patrick Marlowe ties Gordie Howe for games played in that one. Chicago shuts out Detroit 4-0. Panthers 5, Lightning 3. Hurricanes over the Predators 3-1. And right here on 6:30, Ched, the Oilers shut out the Jets 3-0. Two assists for Connor McDavid. Um, in listening to guys talk today, uh, and even Dave Tippett, you know, in terms of what you guys were expecting from yourselves coming into tonight after the, the delay, um, I don't know, it seemed like you hoped the energy would be there, but necessarily weren't 100% sure. What did you think of the way the group came out after the layoff? You know what, I, I, I thought our first period was, uh, was just okay. I think, uh, you know, we were kind of getting our feet going again. I thought... Uh, that's made it a great job early on, kind of holding us in, and and you know we had a couple chances, and you know when you have chances that early and you haven't played in a long time, it's it's it can feel a bit awkward. So um, you know, but their guy made some saves too. So I thought uh, I liked our game as uh, as we got into the second period and and, and the third. Good afternoon, everyone. Do you think this win could be for your group? Standings aside, I mean this is a team you could face in the playoffs. This is a team that. You know you're fighting for better positioning with, and and you beat them soundly like this. Um, yeah, I mean it's a massive win. Um, you know, anytime you're coming down the stretch and, and you're playing teams ahead of you, you want to you want to beat them and and tighten the gap. So um, you know tonight was a big win for that. You know, there's teams uh, teams underneath that are playing well. Um, you, know, you look at Calgary; they've they've strung a couple in a row, and um, you know are making a push. So. Um, you know we can't just uh, just float our way in and into the playoffs. Um, you know we got uh, we got to put a couple wins together. Daniel Nigo Bowman, the Athletic. Hi, Connor. You guys as a team had all, had a ton of chances uh, the first two periods against Connor Hellebuck, who was only one nothing heading into the third, but you guys kept with it. Uh, how much do you think this game should provide the, the template for you guys heading down the final stretch and into the playoffs here? That was a good win. I think, uh, you know, anytime you can replicate a win like tonight, it's going to be a good thing. So, um, you know, we, we should take a lot of uh, a lot of lessons from tonight and and, uh, and 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 keep in our game moving forward. Um, Dave Tibbet, last Saturday, I mean, last Saturday being what it was, he said, that's a that's a game you want to burn the, the, the game tape. Is tonight the one that you, you bookmark or, or what have you and, and uh, watch over and over again to, to take lessons from, do you think? Yeah, I think, you know, like I said earlier, there's lots of good things that happened tonight. I thought uh, I thought up and down th throughout our lineup was, uh, you know, everyone was solid. 
you know, guys were creating chances. Um, you, know, you look at what Nye did, uh, using his speed and creating, uh, a, you know, a power play, and you know that ends up being the game-winning goal. So, you know, those things are massive uh, throughout a throughout a game, and especially a tight-checking one like uh, like they are going to be through, down the stretch and into the playoffs. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Connor, for your RV's goal, you and Leon, uh, you were grinding it out along the boards, both of you, you know, battling guys, getting cross-checked, a couple of offensive zone turnovers. That, that's not a, uh, those aren't plays that you and, and Leon always made, but now you're both real good at it and it's creating offense. Is that a, you know, is that growth in your game? Is that something that an older player figures out how to do? What is that? Sorry, you cut out there for a sec. You're talking about um, battling for chances? Yeah, yeah, like in the priority goal, right? You and Leon both battled and battled. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, you, you got to battle out there um, in the D zone especially, but, you know, I think uh, a lot of times when you get into the offensive zone, you can take the foot off the gas and, and you think it's going to be easy, but, you know, you got to think, uh, you know, they're in the D zone and, and battling just as hard. So, you know, you got to outwork guys sometimes and and, uh, and work for your chances. I thought, you know, we did a good job of that tonight and and, uh, and just did a good job of staying open and, and putting, aw putting away uh, a good chance there. So the coaching staff talked about, you know, you had some practices and Dave was really big on this last 14 games. We got to establish some things in our game. I'm sure they coached the heck out of you the last few days. And then you come out and play a complete game like this all the way through. That's got to be a big confidence builder in everybody that, you know, the system works when, when you use it properly. Is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, anytime you have a couple of days off, you can kind of regroup and and look at your game and and uh, and tweak the things that uh, need to be tweaked and and build on the things that you like. And and I thought, uh, you know, Tip and the coaching staff did a good job of that this week. I thought the players did a good job of buying in and practice and and working hard and just keeping ourselves ready and and uh, and coming out and, and getting uh, getting rewarded for it. Derek Van Dies, Post Media. <clears throat> Hey, Connor. Um, just back to Jesse here. I, he, he hadn't been scoring a lot of goals lately, but how big was this goal for him? And, and what else had he been doing uh, on that line if he wasn't scoring? Well, he obviously works hard. Um, you know, and he keeps pucks alive. He's a big man. He gets in on the forecheck, and um, you know he's got a long reach, and, and he uses it to, to kind of poke puck, poke uh, pucks, and um, you know give us a chance to, to forecheck them back. So um, you know he's definitely a, a, a good player, and it hasn't been going in for him. But you know, it doesn't mean uh, he hasn't had his looks. So you know, good for him to uh, to pot one tonight. And chase on on the power play, getting that tip, that that was big for him too. What does he provide at that front net, net front presence for you guys on that power play? Well, I think you can almost credit him for two goals. I think uh, you know Tice obviously has a great shot back there, but you know I'm not sure that goes in without Chaser being a big man in front. So um, you know that's uh, that's you know just as good as scoring a goal. So um, you don't see it on the stat line, but you know that's a massive play for us. And then obviously uh, the third one there, tipping it in, you know shows his uh, his good hands for a big man. Uh, Connor, you talked about the shots from uh, Barry. It, it seemed to me that that because Winnipeg was maybe trying to cut across, cut away that pass from yourself over to Leon, you had to get the puck back to the point, and you know that opens things up too with the shot from the point because the Jets can't just watch Leon. Is it, or am I 
is that too simplistic? No, I think you're bang on there. Um, you know, the Jets kill is 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 probably a little more passive than, than the ones we usually see. Um, you know, they don't extend their forwards, so um, you know it's tough to kind of get underneath them and, and make plays. So when you're doing that, you gotta you gotta stay above them and and, and pass it above them and, and shoot pucks. And you know, I think Leo had you know five good looks from from that one side, and and uh, and Tice had uh, a couple of good looks from up there. So you know, we're a power play that's gonna take what you give us, and and that's what they wanted to give us. So. Um, you know, I thought, uh, you know, we did, did a good job capitalizing. And one other question, when uh, Nugent Hopkins got hurt and wasn't going to play, most of us thought they'd split up the line and put Leon back at center. And Dave Tippett said, no, I still kind of like that line with you and, and, and Leon together. You know, are you, were you hoping that, you know, that you stay together or do you just figure that because you're playing the Jets and they got, you know, a bigger center group, second and third line. That's just what I was wondering if you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got uh, you know they're they're as, as deep up front as as any team around the league. So um, you know they're a tough matchup for any team. But you know when you're missing a player like Nuge, it's obviously especially tough. But I thought uh, I thought all four lines um, you know, did a great job, especially the the you know two, three, and four. I thought they did an amazing job of of keeping momentum, um, you know, limiting their chances, um, creating their, their own chances, and drawing penalties. I thought. Uh, I thought they did an amazing job. Um, you know, as for playing with Leo, I obviously love it. It's something that uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Well, yeah, no doubt, especially when you win three nothing like the Oilers did tonight over the Winnipeg Jets. Edmonton's record is twenty six fifteen and two. Now you can get more details on the Oilers' schedule changes, which apply to games later on in the season, but they are coming up in three or four weeks here. You can find out more about Dylan Holloway's entry-level contract. You can read more about the new guy, Dmitry Kulikov, who is in Edmonton quarantining. The Oilers are hoping he will debut next Monday. As for this Monday, that's the Oilers' next game. 5.30 face-off show, puck drop at 7 as the Oilers are home against the Montreal Canadiens. So 3 nothing the final tonight. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and to Angie Quinnell, our studio producer. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.